This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Come on, let's get it. The twins. Let's yep. go, boys. Been excited. Been excited for six months all off season. Just have not been able to get the twins out of my head. Yeah. At any given point, Same. I'm glad that you guys are now open to talking twins on the Mackie. And yeah, Jones you were show, pushing for like it that. for months. You were like, I, "Why aren't we talking more twins?" <laughs> Everyone wants to talk twins, and we're and Dex and I were like, "Not right now, really, not right now." And you're like, yeah. "Yes, we have to look. Well, at, look how good this team is." Happy opening day. The uh, the Twins taking on the Mariners today. We're we're recording this before the game happens, so we'll uh, we're, we don't we're not going to actually give you. Well, you know, I, I you know I got thoughts on what might happen. I think the Twins yeah. mashed today. Yeah. That's right. The Twins hit some bombas today. Bombas. Get out to a to a one and zero start on the season. You're so 2019. We'll see what happens. Yeah, where are we still calling them bombas? I no, think that was, was more of an Eddie Rosario. It was Rosario. Thing. Yeah, that, no. those moved to Atlanta. Yeah, well, they hit plenty of bombas in the playoffs last year. So, all right, it's a feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment Speculation Therapy. And uh, we've got a batch of twin stuff here. We'll get to some Vikings questions from you guys. You can always send us. Through the Score North app, there's a tab at the bottom called Quick Message, and you can hit us up with any questions, concerns, comments, critiques about the show, Minnesota sports teams, life, relationships, whatever mm-hmm. it is. We're here for you. We are. So let's start with this one from Prashant via the Score North app. He says, with the expanded MLB playoffs now, it feels like fewer teams will be sellers at the deadline, which could drive up the price of potential arms and bats to help the buying teams. Let me stop there for a second. It's interesting because there's there's more playoff teams, which means there's going to be more teams that are thinking they can get to the playoffs, which means there will be fewer selling teams in general than when there were you know only four playoff teams, let's say a few years ago. So I agree. I agree with that. Uh, the Twins have shown this year they're more likely to part with people in their farm system for proven commodities. But should they be more active in the beginning of the season here or pick up some veterans in case the price for, say, a Frankie Montas or a Cedric Mullins or some other players becomes astronomical by the fact that they'll be competing with more teams at the deadline, presuming they're in playoff position at that time? Thoughts? Yeah, I think he's. I think that is spot on. Absolutely correct. I think that whether we like it or not, in their mind, Chris Paddock is a significant upgrade. And so like if we if we think well they're going to make a trade at the deadline and go get a, a guy that's a big name ace, uh I think the answer is they're not. So 
yes, I would have liked to have seen them probably pursue ideally at this point in time, because I, I think we were in the window from the time the lockout came to an end until today where they clearly were going to make their most significant moves. So as far as the pitching staff goes, the starting staff, I would have liked to have seen probably a guy who d- doesn't have a potential UCL problem like Paddock does. Um, I agree completely with the comment. I would just caution against this. Don't think that this means that they're going to make a big move in July because my guess is they're probably not. Trades, perhaps. Big move, probably not. What do you mean? You mean they're not? You don't think they're going to make a big trade in July? Is that what you're saying? Correct. I don't think that they're going to go out and get another pitcher. Like we always expect, they're going to go out and get another big name or, or a, a potential. You think they're done adding yeah. big names to this team? Yes. You oh, that, wow. You want to write that down? I think they're done. At, well, no, because, I mean, what, what's a bit big name? I'm just saying if we expect them to go get what we consider to, to be, to use our old term, a true ace, I would caution that I don't think that they probably okay. are. And I and I, I think I disagree. I mean, the, uh, yeah. how active they've been for the last month yeah. is so different. Like, we're not yep. – they're doing things in the last month that they haven't done in my life, really, watching Twins baseball. I mean, Jack Morris, 1991. But yeah. Carlos Correa is one of the best players in baseball. He's the most expensive on, a, on an average annual basis infielder in baseball. And I don't think – I think where you're going to agree with me here is they should. Like, they, sh- they oh, yeah. should be looking to add- – why would you? Why would you get Carlos Correa, and then stop short of? Well, we might have a chance to do something special, but I don't know. Royce Lewis, who cares at that point? Royce I Lewis is a completely. theory, and I know I'm not. We're not. You agree with me on this point, but like yeah. Royce, I you know, I would trade any prospect in the twin system for Frankie Montaz or an equal or better starting pitcher, whoever's out there. So it would be two years of Frankie Montaz. He was one of the best starting pitchers in all of baseball last year. He has filthy stuff. And I think people get so tied up, and the Twins have done this historically too. Fans do this like, well, <laughs> but I don't know. You know, Aaron Hicks, like you you look at the best case scenario for a prospect and think that like, th- like that's what you're trading. But more often than not, if not 90% of the time, that prospect only pans out to a certain point or is a complete bust. And even if that prospect pans out, if you can win a World Series this year by adding a critical piece to the puzzle, who cares? Like if that yeah. if that player goes and thrives somewhere else, it's a risk you have to be willing to take. So I would be, I would be hyper aggressive in the next three months to upgrade that starting rotation even more. Yeah, in the bullpen. Doogie even replied to a Twins fan um, on his Twitter today and said, "I asked Falvey about the 28 day run of craziness yesterday. You know, talking about all the moves that they made, Sonny Gray, Carlos Correa, all those and whatnot." He said he gave me a good answer, and heck, I think more will come. Stay tuned. So I, I, I agree. I think Falvey is totally going to still make a move. Falvey and Levine are still going to make a move for another starting pitcher. Um, that's even a bigger upgrade in the rotation. I, I just if if they're leg, if they're legitimately competitive by the trade deadline, which I know it's it's late this year. I think it's in August. It, it bleeds into August. It's not towards the end of July like it typically is. It's like August third. Yeah, is what Doogie said. I think they'll actually if they're competitive, they'll indeed make a run at, a, at another starting pitcher. So here's the one thing that we have not seen yet from the, these guys, and it's why I'm skeptical until I see it. They have not gone into the prospect well and really traded from it where where we say, oh, wow, Royce Lewis. The closest they prospect. came was Bruzdar for Bruzdar Gratterall was yeah, like a top six prospect for Kentamaya. But, but as far as like deadline moves go, um, 
the fact it's very it's very um it's very telling that they traded i think taylor rogers and by the way i agree with it but 31 one year left probably not going to return but a popular guy and a productive guy that they said we would rather trade going into the season this guy than a, a prospect like this whole thing with, with the a's is nonsense they a's didn't call the twins back okay if you had called the a's and said sean Manaya, let's talk turkey here we will give you if if you're being offered i think prospects um by the padre six and twelve we'll give you five and eleven right mm-hmm. the a's are going to be like okay cool done deal so the yeah, fact give that, them a reason to call you back. Right? Correct. Yeah, this whole thing of, well, she didn't call me back. Well, she doesn't like We it. offered Royce Lewis, Alex Kirilov, yeah. and Jordan Balazovich. And they, I don't know, they must not have gotten our voicemail. So, <laughs> so just to be very, very clear, I am with what you guys, I, I'm in your camp. I'm not balking. What I'm trying to say here is I have to see this from Falvey. You know, I uh, I went through the Baseball America prospect rankings from the last 20 years a couple nights ago for a little exercise on Twitter. Because you're a loser? Because I'm a loser, yes, and I'm a huge nerd. And it's just like me, my wife is, my wife, wife is on a work wife. trip. I'm just at home with our new dog, Maya, just looking at baseball prospect <laughs> rankings from 17 years ago. Hello. Hi, honey. What's going on? Just watching golf. Um, and and, you know, and I, I've always thought, and I've I've been guilty of this too, where oh man, boy, you would hate to trade this player because if they turn out to be this, then you don't want to miss out on that. But like right. the if they turn out to be this, almost never happens. And and it's not just for the Twins; it's for it's for pretty much all teams in baseball because baseball is hard. <laughs> prospects don't always turn out to be you know the surefire bets that maybe NFL prospects or NBA prospects can be behind the draft. And if you go back to like various top ten. Twins prospect rankings the last 20 years and say, all right, in retrospect, like 2004 through 2006, the Twins had chances to trade for Alfonso Soriano in his prime. Right. A couple other players like, you know, CC Sabathia was on the move at some point. It was like 2008 or something. Like Cliff Lee. But it, yep, Cliff Lee, 2010. But it's going to cost you some top prospects. So I'm just going to read some names from like the last 20 years that were among the Twins' top five or 10 prospects. In the moment, we were like, oh, man. JD, the real deal, Durbin's going to be the number one starter for this team in a few years. You don't want to give that up, right? Like, the real deal, JD. So, Mauer Morno were at the top of the 2004 prospect rankings. Yeah, that would have stung. Those guys are yeah. awesome, right? Matt Moses, JD Durbin, Jesse Crane, all of those, those three guys, by the way, were top 100 baseball, like in all of baseball prospects. Matt Moses. Jason Bartlett, Denard Span, Jason Kubel. Like, Span and Kubel turned out to be good major leaguers, but would you have balked in retrospect at trading, like, Jason Kubel for Cliff Lee or something? No. Oh. No. Or Hicks. Yeah, Grant Balfour, Michael Restovich, Grant uh, Alex Romero. All four. That's 2004. 2007 prospect rankings. Matt Garza, our guy Glenn Perkins, Kevin Slowey, Chris Parmley. Oh, he's a first-round pick. He's a masher, right? Anthony Swarzak, Pat Neshek, Alexi Casilla, Joe Benson was always oh among the top 100 prospects. Now, even a few years ago, 2016 prospect rankings. How many of these guys would you have really felt the sting of losing for an established player that can help you now? Byron Buxton, yeah, you probably feel that one. Jose Brios, you probably feel that one. 
Max Kepler, Nick Gordon, Tyler J, Byung-ho Park, Cole Stewart was a fourth overall pick. Like, eight out of ten times, you want the established player, not the, the prospect. Gr- so. The greatest thing, and it, this goes back to the, to the Mets prospect pitchers in the late 80s, the greatest thing that you can do, I think, is build up your prospects so that they get a lot of attention. Look at the twin system. Unbelievable. And then trade those guys. Yes. And that's be the okay thing. if those guys blow up and become star players, that's okay. That's part of the game. Oh, if you, yeah. If Even you if you don't win a World Series, win a that's the chance game, you take. Yeah, well, that's If you one. perhaps can win a playoff game, yes. Uh, Kyle via Twitter says, Alex Kirilov could easily be a Maurer-like hitter. It's absolutely unbelievable. You'd be okay with trading him because I said I would trade any. Pro- I would trade. I would trade Alex Kirilov for Frankie Montas. And people are like, "It's crazy. Why don't you defend yourself, Mackie?" So I think Alex Kirilov is going to. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. I think Alex. I think there's a good chance Alex Kirilov becomes a multi-time All Star. But let's face the facts here for a second, okay? So in his first taste in the big leagues last year, he showed some promise, but he also had another wrist injury. We also saw that he was kind of a statue in the outfield. He's probably a first baseman long-term or like a statue corner outfielder. So he's not giving you the value that Buxton gives you in center field or that Polanco gives you up the middle in the infield. He's You're, you're relying on his bat more than his glove, if not entirely his bat over his glove. And he's had wrist issues. It's not something that just like, clears up like it feels like it could be something that haunts him off and on throughout his career now could he get over it and become a star player yes but i'm saying like we're we're thinking of kirloff and i love kirloff i think kirloff's amazing and if the twins don't trade him and i don't think they're going to i hope he becomes a star player for this team but we think of kirloff's best outcome we think of kirloff at the 100th percentile of kirloff the more likely outcome is something less than that and something more banged up than that. And if you have a chance to get a guy who's established right now with a win-now team. Now, the other argument would be, well, yeah, but like if you're going to win big this season, you probably need Kirilov to be a huge part of the party. So in that case, I would rather trade Royce Lewis than Kirilov because Kirilov can help me more this year than Royce Lewis will. It's so, it- I don't know, am I crazy? No, you're not. It's interesting because baseball fans and hockey fans fall in the same well for their prospects, right? Because like they're really the only sport where there's a there's a breeding ground for their prospects. Well, the, coil. Well, like yeah. if, but look at the big. He's big bodied. If he becomes this, yeah. Well, what's the chance he's going to become this? And look, Matthew Boldy has come up, and Matthew Boldy's a good player. Like I think Matthew Boldy's going to be a very good player for the Wild. And they have Marco Rossi in the system, right? Adam Beckman showed up and played really well. The Wild, I think, had the third best prospect pool going into this season on top of having a loaded roster too, right? Of those top 10 prospects, Jesper Walstead too, a great goaltending prospect, and goaltending's an absolutely complete crapshoot when it comes to predicting that as well. Of those top 10 prospects, it is very likely that seven out of those 10 aren't even going to be NHL players. Legitimate, day-in, day-out NHL players. Three of them might be regular guys and maybe if you're lucky, one of those guys will hit their 100th percentile. Yeah. So it's yeah. a math game. Like, there's a 10% chance of those 10 prospects that one of them hits their, their 100th percentile. You can't be afraid to trade them. Well, and fans want it both ways, which is why the Rodgers trade intrigues me. And, and in some ways, I love it because you got to pick from where you're gonna, going to take away from. So like we can yeah, go you don't just you don't just pro- get star players for like right. 
Lou Ford. Like. So we can go to the prospect pool. Well, we can't do that. Those are our prospects. And I often think that teams think like that. Yeah. But if you think like that, then where do you make trades from? And and this is why I said with the Vikings, and going back to, to what uh, Garrett and Fenton did with the Wild, this is why I like picking apart from your current team because the second you think a guy is like aging or contractually – not going to, to return, perfect time to part company, right? Yeah. So, like, it's got to come from somewhere. So, if you don't like door A, which is your prospect pool, then let's go door B. But you can't get rid of that guy. I like him. Sorry. Like, you're trying to win. And to win in sports, you have to consistently evolve. Like, standing pat is death. It just is. Um, you shouldn't stand pat on your health either. If you're, if you're a man, whether you're entering your thirties or your forties or your fifties, we kind of represent all of those age groups here on this show and uh, Mayo clinic, Minneapolis, right across from target center, target field is accepting new patients. So check them out. Sportsmedicine.mayoclinic.org. If you are, let's say a weekend warrior athlete, like you're like Declan and I like to go golfing on the weekends golfing or on you know, Sunday. shoot some hoops once in a while, like Judd does. Uh, Mayo Clinic Square, right across from Target Center and Target Field with underground parking. You can request an appointment and go where the pros go to get it checked out. Sportsmedicine.mayoclinic.org. Also a shout out to our friends at Dennis Kirk. Dennis Kirk, always a big supporter of opening day and the baseball season and us here at Scorner. So if you like to ride, if you like to get out and enjoy the spring and summer months on the open road, They've got you covered with 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Same-day shipping on orders placed before 8 p.m. And, uh, yeah, free shipping on orders over $89. So check them out. Getting gear, head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. Ride more, wait less at Dennis Kirk. Tyler Anderson asks via the Score North app, now that the Twins have Carlos Correa, what percentage do you guys think the Twins are going to make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it's right as it's constructed right now. I would say it's like forty percent, forty percent. So still likely that they won't, but I think they're close to be a coin flip team with the extra wild card now added. So I would say forty percent. I'll go twenty five percent. Okay, like I need to see a lot here. So I think it's 25%. like fifty percent. It's like a coin. I mean, if if they added, if a couple of these young arms popped up, if Duran was just like a lights out reliever, all right. Now I'm going to add percentage points. 538.com has the Twins at 44% to make the playoffs going into the season. 83 wins and a, and a plus 21 run differential. They have the Twins at 24% to win the division and 3% to win the whole bleeping thing. There is a God. <laughs> what does that mean? Three I'm surprised it's 3%. Need you um, lower? Why are you yeah, so right down now. on this team, dude? Like, their, their lineup so- is... Their lineup, they've got, they've got legit the starting season, pitchers. But because there are so many question marks. But you talk Byron, about this team like they're like a 75-win dumpster fire. Well, They just added all, a bunch of huge pieces I, in the last month. I like what they've done, but the reality is this. With Buxton, we have no idea. Like, we really don't know. He, If Byron Buxton can play, like let's say he plays 150 games, that's worth – Right now, how many potential wins do you think? Eight to ten. 
he would be a, he would be like an eight to nine like, think wins about above that, replacement though. player. Like mm-hmm. he's never proven he can do that. So so like if, if he can, it shifts the thing entirely. But I feel so. But I feel foolish by th- this point acting like I think he's going to because he has never stayed aside from I think one year. He has never stayed healthy enough to play in more than one hundred games. No, they did win. I mean, not that this is an accomplishment, but like. They won 73 games last year, mostly without Byron Buxton for like huge chunks of the season. Yep. And uh and without Sonny Gray, without Joe Ryan came in for like five starts. Like I just think this is such a the chemistry like, th- this is such a different team. Do I think they're a 100 win team? No. But um obviously you are down, more down on them than Declan and I. We'll see what what happens. I hope they're good. Be more fun. Chuck Steidler via the Scornoth app says, I've been a listener since you guys were on 1500 ESPN. You talk about baseball maybe three minutes a day now on Mackie and Judd. It has become Purple Daily and Judd's Hockey Show Episode 2 on Mackie and Judd. Would really like to see you guys actually talk about baseball instead of Kirk's contract for one day. We're doing that right now, actually, Chuck. Pitch clock, ghost runner, shift bands, all of which y'all haven't covered, and it's opening day now. Big fan of you guys. I know you can make solid baseball content, too. We used to like we literally used to pride ourselves and brand ourselves as the place for yeah. the best or most entertaining daily baseball and twins discussions. And I think we, you know, at Score North when we had a much bigger staff too, we peak, we had a daily the Score North Twin Show every day was like the place to be in podcast or radio form. And we've kind of just been responding to the audience. You know, we see podcast and website and YouTube numbers the last couple of years just the, the interest has not been there. Part of it's the twins just disappointing everyone and being a buzzkill. So we're, you know, we're not, we're just reacting to you guys. You guys have just responded so much more to the Vikings and the Wolves and the wild conversations. But now that the twins have made a bunch of moves and the season's here, you know, yeah, we're here. You know, we might not be talking twins for like an hour a day. We would love to. But if they, if they win games, get off to a hot start and there's fan interest, we will mirror that fan interest on this show. Fair, fair to say? Absolutely. I like how you put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Zombie the Dragon on Twitter says, as an, so he's referring to our private jet conversation from last week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I believe, Judd, you said that you got to have like billionaire money to fly private. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like. Well, consistently. I feel like you can fly private for, yeah, you got to be worth millions. But Zombie the Dragon has some insight here. Okay, nice. He says, as an employee actually working for a large private jet corporation, oh, cool. Judd is completely wrong about private jets. He has no idea what he's talking about. Tell him to stick to football and stay out of aviation discussions. <laughs> Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, could definitely charter or buy a private jet. Because my contention was, why is Mike Zimmer just hanging out at the airport? Right. Flying that, Delta. that dude's got like... He's mm-hmm. making like eight million dollars a year. Can't, can't does he? he ex- does he explain though how, how much it costs? And like, I'm curious. Then he didn't give me like a pricing scale here, but well, he's I just mean, saying like, that you don't need to be a billionaire to regularly. Maybe Judd does know something jets. we don't know. Well, but I mean, he so he's not going to back up a statement. I feel like if you're going to say I'm wrong, then I'd like some information to educate. Okay, Zombie the Dragon. If you could reply with a pricing structure, we will yes. talk about it on next. Well, and like, can I afford Friday. to buy a jet? Like, how nice a jet can I buy? Like, I don't want want to buy like a propeller. I need jet <laughs> engines. How nice you just a need like a little like a little eight to twelve seat. Like, I don't though, want you know? something where it's just going. And then he's like, "Oh my god, I'm scared. I, I don't want that." <laughs> like an Indiana Jones plane from the yeah. 40s I don't or want something. that crap. <laughs> Zombie. 
Uh, yeah, hit us, Zombie the Dragon. Send us a note with with a, with some general pricing guidelines. guidelines. I just okay. want, yeah, All right. educate myself. Eric Barsness via the Score North app says, after the Twins acquired Correa, all Minnesota sports teams have at least one great player. Who is the best player in Minnesota right now? I love that question. Oh, I've given this a lot of thought. Like, this is, oh, my God, this is such a good point because it's true. Like, there are superstars. We're oozing with superstars Dude, here. Anthony Edwards just dropped 49 points last night, too. I actually, um, I'm going to go recency bias and, and probably the sport that I have watched the most. I'm going to go Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. Yeah. Kir- Kirill, I'm with Judd, too. In terms of his peers, like, Judd and I are actually were kind of making up a mock list the other day on a Judd's hockey show. There's probably legitimately only eight or nine guys that are better than Kirill Kaprizov, I think, in hockey right now. And in terms of just pure skill, I think that list is even shorter. I think there's like four. I think he's in the top, I think he's in the top damn near top yeah. five in just pure skill. Mm-hmm. He does yeah, everything. It's hard to argue that. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick by Justin Jefferson. I think he's one of the three best wide receivers in the NFL. And I think, and, and that, by the way, was coming from just this antiquated offensive scheme and system. Yeah. You know, what's it going to look like when Kevin O'Connell isn't just folding his hand when the defense rotates a safety over the top, right? Like when they're actually scheming and dictating to the opposing teams how often they get to throw the ball to Jefferson. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Jefferson, but I, I would not fight you on Kaprizov. I wouldn't fight you on Buxton. If Buxton's healthy... That's what He's one of say. the five best players in baseball. Full health, Buxton or Correa, and you can only have one. Buxton. Jacqueline? Buxton. Full Buxton. health. Buxton. 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 But they're both, like, in terms of, like, wins above replacement per 150 games, they're both top five. Mm-hmm. Per 150 games and is the key there. <laughs> play the two most important yeah. positions on the diamond. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah, tackle Buxton. Okay. okay, Matt Ebnett here via the Score North app has a Delman Young story because we also talked about <laughs> Delman Young with Royce like a week ago. Like the drink? He goes, I went to spring training when I was in third grade and wore my Delman Z jersey to the game. <laughs> I threw so Delman a baseball and asked him for an autograph. Delman just kept the baseball and walked away. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so Delman Young. That's oh, incredible, dude. Oh, my God. That's great. Did he, did he, did he not hear you? Like, I don't. That's so weird. Did the poor guy start crying? I mean, third grade, that'd be pretty traumatic. <laughs> I think Delman's a sociopath. Yeah. I've heard things about Delman at bars, too, like some of the things he'd write on receipts, like bar bar tabs oh, and God. stuff for the servers. And Didn't he hang <laughs> out with, guy, a, with a Fox at the time, Fox Sports North sideline guy? Uh, Telly Hughes? Yes. Telly Didn't Hughes? And Delman, I think like, him, and, him and Telly Hughes were, were, they were, like were buddies, big, yeah. Big buddies, Telly right? Telly Hughes, man. Forgot about I think that. He's, at, he's still at Fox Sports, Wisconsin, I think. I think he's still he, he was, was your, quite a while. Stuff, I didn't know yeah. if he was still there. What is your Mount Rushmore of, in the last 20 years, your Mount Rushmore of Fox Sports North or Bally sideline reporters? The George mm-hmm. Washington for me is my guy, Robbie Insimikowski. <sighs> I think he's still Marty doing stuff for Root Sports. Yeah, Marnie. She, she would be mine. Uh, George Washington for sure. Mm-hmm. Robbie was great. Uh, Royce, Royce just was merciless with Robbie. I love me some Robbie, man. Dude, Robbie, I have a Robbie story. So we went to uh, oh, this is like this is like twelve years ago. It's like 2010 or 11, and a bunch of us. Wow, as I'm telling this story, so many questionable decisions here. A bunch of us went to Sneaky Pete's downtown Minneapolis oh, for God. a friend's birthday party. 
I, I think it was for Chris second. Long's birthday party from our guy from Channel 5. Jeb, were you there for this? I don't remember. Okay. Nobody remembers anything Keep going. Sneaky Pete's. So we went to Sneaky Pete's, and it was like a Tuesday night, but it was our friend's birthday party. And I think we even, like, picked him up and surprised him or something. And so, like, 12 of us show up, and, again, it's a Tuesday night at Sneaky Pete's, and we're there because it's a birthday party. And we show up, and Robbie and Samikowski is there, too. Okay. Not for a birthday party, but just, like, to hang out at Sneaky Pete's on a Tuesday night, which I found legendary. Like, yes, yes. Dude, you're just here on a Tuesday night. It's amazing. Yes. And so uh, – Robbie said, all right, let's, we got to do some shots here for the birthday boy. Let's get around to shots here. And he orders however many shots and starts <laughs> passing them out. And all right, let's do it. We all cheers the shots for the shots. And, and he miscounted by one shot. And the only person that didn't get a shot was the birthday boy. <laughs> so there's he, he was the lucky one. <laughs> I know. Oh, Robbie was great, man. Uh, all right, Nick. He's, he's still in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he's been sports. doing pirate stuff for yeah. years. Yep. sports. Nick Howard via the Score North app wants to know when is Action Movie Rewind coming back? And rom com. Yeah, we rom com yeah. rewind. Next sports month, movie rewind. Post draft. I think post draft. And we've just been so because I, I I get notes from friends that love that. There's there I have friends that just listen to that from from our I'm podcast. Back on board. Um, we've we, there's so also dead. some action movies like yeah. from two or three years ago that we like. There's some we did with without Declan. We mm-hmm. could repeat some too that we haven't done mm-hmm. in two three years. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Bring them back. Yeah, we just, there's been so many things, so many things happening right I now. I say post-draft. Yeah. Okay. Summer, those summer dog day months, especially like in June, July, when we yeah, when have things slow down things a to bit. talk about. Yeah. Well, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right. So that's uh, that's round one of, of feedback here, uh, Mackie and Judd. Let's get to round two of Feedback Friday. A lot of Viking stuff here, boys. All right. A lot of Viking stuff. Let's start with Ben Robinson via the Score North app. He says, if Malik Willis is as good as he is touted to be and he falls to 12, why not just take him? I know the first two years of his rookie contract would be burned up because Kirk's under contract. Right. But if Malik Willis could turn into a top five quarterback at some point, who cares? You'd still get three years of him for cheap after Kirk's contract. And then you sign him to a big contract, but it'd be worth it if he is as good as touted. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think if Kevin O'Connell thinks that so like if koc goes into quasi's office and says this is the guy he is if he falls like don't we probably can't go up and get him but if he's a 12 we have to take him then they absolutely should the contract thing does concern me because part of the whole game of drafting quarterback in, in the first round is to get as much contract as possible on the rookie contract and I think ideally you start at least where Trey Lance is probably going to, which is year two. That being said, this is the whole purpose. I mean, one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest, why Kevin O'Connell was hired, right, is to do what the Vikings have not done, which is identify the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, yes, take him at 12 if O'Connell says, and, and O'Connell is staking his job to to that claim. Like, there's no room now, in my opinion, to be like, we accidentally took a first-round quarterback and he's not good. But uh, I'm totally on board with taking him at 12 if he falls, if these guys say this is definitely the talent. All right, Declan's going to have to break the tie here because I disagree. Even if you think he has a chance to be this top five or top ten quarterback, it's not a guarantee for one. Like, you can think that he's going to be and hope that he's going to be and you can develop him, but the first two years of that rookie contract are a huge part of the value. 
Mm-hmm. And and because you've got Kirk locked in, it, it wipes out the value of the first two years of that rookie contract. And also, I would add this, because it's a new coaching staff and you know it's a system that Kirk is going to be sort of you know reintegrated into and learning new things, you're going to have to be so hands-on with Kirk and the number one offense, you're just not going to be able to devote the time that you would to developing that rookie quarterback. So it's so hard because I would love a top quarterback on a rookie scale contract, but the value isn't there until Kirk's contract is off the books. So I would trade out. Even if I thought Malik Willis was that Mm. good, I would trade out because the value is not there. Getting five years of a rookie scale contract is so much more valuable than three years of a rookie scale contract. I would trade back. Yeah, I would trade back. In fact, I'll, let me write this down. Can I write this down potentially here? You guys tell me if this oh, is a home right. run or not. I think it should be a home run. I'll do an impromptu home the run. Because if we have to do one outside right, Wednesday, it's got to be a home run. Malik Willis will be available at pick 12. And the Vikings will trade back with the team. Okay. We've seen it twice with the Steelers in mock drafts. So it's definitely... Right, I think if, if he's available at 12, a quarterback needy team is going to jump in. Mm-hmm. So if, 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 if when it gets to the Vikings... Through the first 11 picks, Malik Willis is still on the board. The Vikings will trade back. So if, look, if, if Kevin O'Connell tells you this is a top five quarterback and these guys don't come around much, you're go- going to say that you are going to pass and trade back. Yep, because I can't, I can't, I literally can't play him until the third year. Okay. And, and by then half of his contract value is is wiped out. I know. And there will be other quarterbacks to draft in 2023 and 24. Yeah. So I know it sounds insane considering like what my ethos is when it comes to building a team, but you've already locked into $70 million of Kirk Cousins in the next two years. You need to be feeding him. Why would you do that if you're not going to feed him tools to work with in the next couple seasons? It would just, I, and it's crazy because, Malik Willis on a rookie scale that, contract yeah. sounds so appealing to me, but it doesn't matter until the third year. So, uh, Josh Geib via the Score North app says, I've never understood why teams are content with mediocre quarterbacks. If I didn't have a, an MVP or Hall of Fame level quarterback, I would always be looking to take a quarterback. If I identify a quarterback who I felt could be the next Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, etc., I would trade up and go get him. Seeing teams pass on a quarterback because they're content with the Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins level guys, Blows my mind. If we pass on Malik Willis because we have Kirk and he ends up being great, holy bleep. <laughs> it's kind of what Judd's saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Matt Ryan's a level above Kirk, though, because he's like actually won an MVP and has cashed in by going to a Super Bowl. Probably should have won a Super Bowl. You know, 28-3 lead, all those it's, things. Yeah, just 25-point lead. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Richard Benson via the Score North app says, uh, oh, he... He did his own mock. Oh, my God. Mock-a-day. Mock-a-day. Here is today's mock draft. I resisted the urge to take a quarterback in the first round. It fell very heavy on the defensive side of the ball. He literally did a seven-round mock here. This is great. I want the Vikings to take a quarterback in the first round, but the Vikings will be criticized for reaching Mm -hmm. if they do. I dislike uh, reaching as much as anyone. The one exception is for quarterback because they're so valuable, but... So he winds up with Trent McDuffie at 12. He winds up with another cornerback in the second round from Baylor. Jalen, is it Jalen Petrie? Okay. Jalen Petrie, yeah. Okay. Then he winds up with a linebacker from Oklahoma in the third round, Brian uh, Asamoah. 
a tight end from SMU in the fifth round. And then he winds up with edge, interior defensive line, a center from Washington in the sixth round, and then a safety in the seventh round. And PFF has graded this an A, an A draft based on value. Wow. Oh, nice. So there okay. How would you feel if they went corner, corner in the first two rounds? Feels a little excessive. It, yeah, it feels very excessive. I wouldn't be upset by corner that. Corner in the first round, fine. Um, yeah, second round, probably not. But you know what? This also depends on largely does the philosophy of the draft, is it going to fit into the philosophy that we've seen so far, which is we are doing everything that we can to win immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, like at some point in time, do you deviate from that path or are you sticking to that path the entire time? I have no clue. I'm guessing they stick to it, but yeah. we've seen stranger things. So Richard Benson, bring in the, bring in the mock. Rock. Mock! It's a feedback Richie. Friday. Anybody Richie. seen Richie? Ken Tomlin via the Scorner with that. First off, love the show. Been a loyal listener since the 1500 ESPN days. Thank you, Ken. I'm beginning to question the Wilfs' ownership and beliefs on team success. They've said in the past they want the Vikings to be like the Giants, Steelers, etc. This bothers me. It's nearly impossible to be like another team. The Vikings should be striving to be trendsetters and have other teams want to be like them. I love this. Is yeah. I've been great. saying for since we started taking over Purple Daily on a daily basis, you know, two years ago. The Vikings' identity, when they're at their best in the last 25 years, is high-octane offense. It's indoor track meet football. 1998, the early 2000s with Dante. 2009 with Brett Favre. Like, I know they've had some defensive-leading teams as well, you know, 2017. But to me, this in in this environment, on in that stadium, with that crowd noise, and that mm-hmm. fast track, Metrodome and U.S. Bank Stadium, I would love to see the Vikings. You're not going to be the smash mouth giant Steelers. Like, go score 35 points a game and blow the doors off teams, just like you did at your peak in 98 and 2009. I'd love to see that. And I, I think that that's a really good point about the fact that the identity should be yours. Um, but it also, and what, what I don't like is it feels like the Wilfs of late have been largely borrowing from the Giants Super Bowl team that, you know, Coughlin got that popped up. Like, that's not that's not an identity. That is fortuitous. Yeah. Uh, but that's not like a – that's not a pattern that you can just follow. Like, we're going to be not great, and then we're going to – our players are going to be uh, a good and go on an incredible playoff run. Like, those are all very fortunate things. So I, I don't even know that the Vikings necessarily these days understand what – the, what the word identity means well how would you i think like it's not just popping up that's not an identity that's fortunate it's not an identity i think it's it's almost like a like an elevator picture a one-line mission statement you know like when you think of the kansas city chiefs what's like a five or ten word sentence or less to describe them or a five word or less sentence right it would be high octane offense yeah go routes right just football. yeah i'm just gonna go football go routes you know Steelers. i think historically football. Smash mouth defense smash, and but, run the football, right? But the reality, but the reality is that their last round of success has, was born when Big Ben was playing well and was passing the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know what? Back to back, what's the most important word? Quarterback. Like Big Ben at, at his height was damn good. Yeah. Pat Mahomes is obviously great. So like we're talking about just a starting point of 
your quarterback, for the most part, is better than the majority of quarterbacks he's playing. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Justin Nick via the Scorner app. Love the shows. Go Wolves, Wild, and Twins. But I am a Packers fan, he says. Here's what I see as a Packers fan while looking at the Vikings roster. It's interesting. I like this perspective. Eric Kendricks was bad last year and hasn't been elite since 2019. Harrison Smith was fine last year but is not elite anymore. Daniil and Z are injury-prone but most likely will be good to great players. The defensive tackles provide almost nothing in pass rush. That's a massive problem. It's true. The top three cornerbacks on Green Bay are better than any cornerback on the Vikings roster. Also probably true. Besides that, there's absolutely zero depth. (laughs) For the offense, I love your receivers, and the running backs are good, but they're running backs. Everyone has good ones. I laugh every time I hear Irv Smith breakout is coming. It's been three years. The second best player on your O-line is currently Ezra Cleveland. I think it's Christian Derrissa. Still, I get it. Uh, That's not what you'd want. No one on the O-line is elite. I think Derrissa was fine for a rookie, but you never know how he'll develop. NFC isn't great, so I could easily see the Vikings still being a 6 or a 7 seed. Oh, that's a Packer fan perspective. I think it's actually very, very fair. I, I think the Kendricks thing is a subject that we don't want to be confronted with. It's a little like Greenway the last couple of years, right? Where he's like, great yeah. leader. He's the heartbeat. But, but he's 1,000% dropped off. And look, you know what? His body's probably beat up to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Angel via the Scorn Earth app. He says, awesome shows the past few days. Thank you. Thank you. In particular, last Friday's episode where you discussed the wins above replacement of a new Vikings coaching staff and culture. After the Chris Reed signing, he's the guard that the Vikings signed, I did a little digging and realized the 2001 Rams had the best pass block win rate in the NFL. Football. But they didn't have a single all-pro or pro bowler on the offensive line. That can't be overstated, and hopefully it's something the new regime can implement. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to verify that. Let's see. Pass block. ESPN has this. ESPN mm-hmm. pass mm-hmm. block win rate. Let's see here. So, because that is interesting. Like, And you don't, you don't need individual stars as much. You need a collective unit with no weak links to be a great offensive yes. line. Well, and I also think a very important question is, what level of play can your offensive line operate at that your quarterback remains successful? Here it is. Pass block win rate. Rams and Chiefs tied at 68% pass block win rate. And the Chiefs went out and spent on that line. And to define right, and to define pass block win rate and pass rush win rate on the other side. It's essentially did you hold your block for two and a half Collectively. So the five of you, did you give your quarterback two and a half seconds or more to do what he needs to do? Anything beyond that? Sorry, guy. <laughs> it's on you now. Sure. So if if one guy leaks, it's a loss for the pass block, right? Okay. So the Rams were 68%. The Chiefs were 68%. The Vikings were 25th at 54%. Hmm. The Dolphins were dead last at 47%. They leaked a lot. Mm-hmm. So something schematically, maybe there's some... Need an oil change at right guard. <laughs> Need some wiper fluid. I had, to, I, had to, I had to get front and rear brakes done on my car the other day. Yeah, I had to get... I, I knew the front ones were getting out. Like, I, I, I've i had you the car for almost... Car? 
I bought it two years ago, but it's now five years old. And it's at almost 40,000 miles. And I, I could tell the front brakes were starting to go a little bit because like, I have to really push down to come to a complete stop. And the front brakes are like we're at like 30%, which is pretty bad, pretty bad. And the rear brakes were at 40%. So she did say like, look, you could get by with these rear brakes for probably like until your next maintenance and oil change. But like, obviously, we'd hate to, you know, your rotors could go out and then that's a humongous fix. So I said, yeah, you know the what? Rotor, yeah, the rotor going out. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I know yeah. nothing about cars either. Yeah, so the, I'd like it. Yeah, you could say the flux capacitor in your steering like, wheel yeah, is off. Yeah, and yeah, I, the, I, ga- the, the gastric uh, flonator yeah, is no idea, like but, it's not working. But, well, you, but well, like, yeah. I just said, you know what? Let's do it. Like, just fix the damn brakes. Same thing with the Vikings. Fix both sides of your brakes here. Front side, just rear side. Just put a side. new coat of paint on it. Yeah, just do whatever. So you got twin season tickets, new brakes, and a new lease. You must be um, and a new lease. You must be swimming in cash. Uh, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Hubbard must be paying. I was Hubbard swimming must in be cash. Paying you incredible money. It's uh, it might be a, a ramen noodle month for me in, in terms of my food budget, though. So uh, it's a, the checking account got a little had to move some money around to make all those. You and Vinny can share a can of gal. You and Vinny can share a can of gal. This is honey. Do you really love me? Because ex- I need some money. This is exactly why, uh, and when you're a media person, you, you 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 pony up to your partner who makes double your salary. Because because uh, this there is exactly go. why. Yeah. Case in point. By the way, by the way, if you're having trouble in other areas of your life too, uh, you know maybe financially you're doing okay, but maybe you've got some problems in the bedroom. Valley Park Medical Clinic is dedicated to helping provide breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Minneapolis area. So they're highly trained. They'll work with you in a discreet manner if that's what you wish, and they'll make you feel at home so you can ask any question in a professional and confidential environment. The treatments are surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. All right, Feedback Friday, a couple more here. Justin Vetter via Twitter says, I seem to be the only person that's extremely leery of Derek Stingley Jr., Without a doubt, his freshman year was arguably one of the best in history for a corner, but the injuries and lack of consistency concern me. I would feel great if Sauce Gardner fell to us, and I think McDuffie is being underrated. But in terms of Stingley, how much do you value upside and potential, and how much do you value injuries and inconsistent play? Um, I think the fact that Stingley's pro day was so good that if you're a Vikings fan, you're not going to have to concern yourself at 12 with him being there. So... My guess is he's gone uh, before the Vikings pick, but those points are good points. And and look, he's coming off a Liz Frank, which it sounds like he's fine from, but that's a big deal. Like, the, like that can be a problem. Uh, but I think with, with the time that he ran in the 40 at his pro day, you're not going to have to be concerned about the Vikings not taking him or taking him because yeah. I don't think he's going to be available at that pick. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't. It's so hard with these corners, but I don't love the fact that his interceptions have fallen off the planet and the injuries and stuff. I would just, there's so many great potential players available. I would just avoid the risk. I, I would just avoid the risk. I don't know. Yeah, I think, he'll be, I think at corner he'll be gone anyway. So, uh, Steve Weiner here via the Scorner app says, listening to your podcast this is the last one here. Listening to your podcast about the Vikings, uh, the games that the Vikings led at some point the other day, I was struck by the irony of billionaire NFL owners constructing their league as basically a socialist league, unlike baseball owners who made uh, Maya Mackey outside the door. Oh, Who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? <laughs> not, a, not a Manfred fan. 
uh, baseball owners are basically running it like a corporate capitalist league, right? Well, part of this is the NFL revenue model is na- it's national TV deals are taking up like a huge chunk of the revenue. In baseball, agree. it's it. She does. She's like, yeah, Dad, you go. Maya hates the greed of these old white billionaire uh, baseball owners. She should. She's but right. in base in baseball, like seventy to eighty percent of the revenue is local TV contracts, and the Yankees are like, wait a second, we're going to bring in a half billion dollars a year on our deal. Right. And the Rays are going to bring in peanuts. Well, why should we fund the Rays? Right. So the MLB needs like bigger national TV deals, but there's not as much national appeal to the audience, so they're not getting the money that some of the other sports are getting. Yeah, I think the reality is if you like a sport, salary caps are good. Like if you like one team, the Yankees, Red Sox, or Mets, they suck, right? Um, but I think if you are looking at the construction of the entire sport and trying to see as many good games as possible, salary caps help, right? Like, they might not be fair, yes. but they do help. I don't they think there's ever going to be a salary cap in baseball, though. Like, I think no. if there's a luxury tax, no, it's it's just... They they won't... The players won't allow a floor because they, they see that as the beginning of a cap. So, like, you're not going to get a ceiling if you can't, if you can't at least build a floor, and they yeah. ain't going to allow a floor. Yep. Interesting. All right, that's your feedback Friday here on Great Maggie and Judd. Great good stuff. Good stuff in there. Yep. Awesome. Uh, please click subscribe on the Scornorth YouTube channel and on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We've uh, we recently surpassed forty thousand combined subscribers, which is I don't know if we like thought that that was going to be in play. It's because I did a TikTok. Because I'm doing Judd a TikTok. Did a talk. I, I, the kids I'm love not me. Sure that's why. Old man doing talk is awesome. The kids do love Judd. The they sports do love dad. Judd. Yeah. Great. I'm yeah. here for you, kids. All right, we'll see you guys later, Mackie and Judd. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.